Hi friends, John Wesley here, and welcome to the Sense of Shelf podcast. I appreciate you joining me. On this episode, we are going to talk about two books. I don't think I've done this. Um, I have a, a short review of a wonderful Black Panther graphic novel. And then I have a little conversation about Babel by R.F. Quang. So why don't we get into the first book? That's right. Like I said, the first book up is Wakanda Forever. It's a small series of graphic novels by the wonderful Nadi Okorafor, who you guys have heard me talk about already in the past. Uh, she wrote the Binti trilogy, and I loved it. So this was, again, Wakanda Forever, written by Nadi Okorafor, illustrated by Alberto Albuquerque and Oleg Okunev, and this was published back in 2018. Now, this is my first, like, traditional comic book with superheroes. So let's read the back of the book before we get into it. The Dora Milaje are venturing out of Wakanda and adventuring across the Marvel Universe. It's Wakanda's best warriors, Okoye, Ayo, and Anika, on a globe-trotting mission to protect the realm at any cost. When they discover a threat from their homeland causing trouble in New York, they'll leap into action with or without their king. And that brings them to Spider-Man's friendly neighborhood. But former Dora Milaje member Nakia, a.k.a. Malice, has set up a trap to lure the Black Pan- Panther into her obsessive clutches, beginning by taking out his one true love, Storm of the X-Men. And when T'Challa joins the fight, he brings a few mighty friends with him, and that means Okoye, Ao, and Anika will assemble alongside the Avengers. This volume collects Wakanda Forever, Amazing Spider-Man, Wakanda Forever, X-Men, Wakanda Forever, Avengers, and Black Panther Annual Number 1. So like I said, this is my first superhero graphic novel, and it had everyone. And if you've listened to me recently, you know about my newfound love of Nadi Okorafor. So when I saw this Black Panther graphic novel that she wrote, I had to pick it up. Now, as the titles and the blurb mentioned, this volume had Storm, Spider-Man, Captain America, She-Hulk, Nightcrawler, and Rogue, as well as beloved Black Panther characters you would expect. This was a quick read. The Wakanda Forever stories are all the Dora Milaje traveling to New York trying to stop Malice, who is... Sort of like the Mr. Hyde to Nakia's Dr. Jekyll. She has taken a dark turn, and a substance she was using to control people has poisoned her. And throughout this story, the Dora Milaje encounter and also work alongside your friendly neighborhood Spider-Man. Comic book Spider-Man is always delightful. So the first story was great. He's uh, witty. You know, he's still a He's actually a teenager, like in the more recent movies and the earlier movies were attempting to show. 
But the comic book Spider-Man, Peter Parker, is young. Um, he's funny. He's sarcastic. Just, you know, enjoying the ride. And in the second story, Wakanda Forever X-Men, we found out that it was jealousy that pushed Nakia down this dark path that she's on. Nakia was in love with T'Challa. She was driven mad with jealousy over his love for Storm of the X-Men. Wakanda Forever Avengers brings us the conclusion of this story. And friends, I was not ready for this. It didn't go how I expected it to. And the story and art to Wakanda Forever were both great. Nadia Korafor is a great writer, and I will never stop praising her and her work. Please go get the Binti Trilogy. And actually, coincidentally enough, as I'm recording this, I think I'm going to be picking up either Who Fears Death, one of her novels, or a series of her novels, um, Akata. I think there's Akata Woman, Akata Warrior, and Akata Witch. I'll be picking up either those three or that Who Fears Death today. But anyways, go read her stuff. And while reading this, you could feel the reverence she has for the Black Panther in this story. And the end of the book has a Black Panther annual number one, which had a few short issues. In it, we see Agent Ross, T'Challa, T'Challa's mother, Queen Ramonda, and quick references to Killmonger and Neymar, who was the the villains and who were the villains in the movies, Killmonger in the first one, and Neymar, Neymar, nah, I can read my writing, Neymar, he was the villain in the second movie. The very last story is T'Challa walking and talking with his granddaughter, and it was one of my favorite parts of the book. So the reading this, this is, like I said, this is a quick one. I might even try and shorten, do these graphic novel reviews and shorten them up even more and just do like quick one minute videos if I can. Um, so this is a quick one. This book will definitely have me looking out for other Black Panther stories by Nadia Okorafor. And um, I mean, I'll, I'll look out for superhero stuff in general, but definitely stuff by her. I only know Black Panther from the movies myself. And it's been forever since I read a, a superhero comic. But this was a nice, a nice way to dip my toes back in. So that does it for the Wakanda Forever graphic novel by, again, I will never stop saying this name and praising her, Nadi Okorafor. Please go look her up and get her stuff. That does it for this review. S stay tuned. I mean, I guess don't press the button for my conversation about Babel by R.F. Quang. Thank you. Hi, friends. John Wesley here. Thank you for tuning in, clicking on the Sense of Shelf podcast. Any of you that have listened to me in the past or follow me on social media, you know I read books and I talk about these books I review them. I talk to people about them. I've spoken to some authors. Uh, and that's basically what happens here on the Sense of Shelf pod. So, unfortunately, I'm going to try and not give this book its due. And I'm going to try and rush through this review. I've had this book from the library for so long. I am pretty sure they're going to send um, large, muscular men to my house for it. I'm talking about R.F. Quang's Babel in arcane history.
This was a very popular book right when it came out. It's a recent release. It just came out a couple months ago. Um, there was a lot of hype leading up to its publishing date. And just for a quick overview, I liked most of it. It is a good book. I understand my feelings toward a book or a piece of media don't mean, don't say whether it's good or bad um, to everyone. So I understand this is a good book. It's a well-written book. It's just I didn't care for maybe the pacing. The I, I didn't care for the very beginning. I kind of trudged through it. Uh, the bulk of it, the middle of it was really interesting, really well paced. And then the end sort of didn't really have that grandiose ending I expected. But anyways, again, it's R.F. Quang Babble. And the book sleeve reads, From award-winning author R.F. Quang comes Babble, a historical fantasy epic that grapples with student revolutions colonial resistance, and the use of language and translation as the dominating tool of the British Empire. Traditor, traditor, subtle differences there. An act of translation is always an act of betrayal. 1828, Robin Swift, orphaned by cholera in Canton, is brought to London by the mysterious Professor Lovell. There, Robin trains for years in Latin ancient Greek, and Chinese, all in preparation for the day he'll enroll in Oxford University's prestigious Royal Institute of Translation, also known as Babel. The tower and its students are the world's center for translation and, more importantly, magic. Silverworking, the art of manifesting the meaning lost in translation using enchanted silver bars, has made the British unparalleled in power as the arcane craft serves the empire's quest for colonization. For Robin, Oxford is a utopia dedicated to the pursuit of knowledge, but knowledge obeys power, and as a Chinese boy raised in Britain, he realizes serving Babel means betraying his motherland. As his studies progress, Robin finds himself caught between Babel and the shadowy Hermes Society an organization dedicated to stopping imperial expansion. When Britain pursues an unjust war with China over silver and opium, Robin must decide. Can powerful institutions be changed from within, or does revolution always require violence? Now, that gives you your brief synopsis of the story. So... This boy, Robin, is orphaned, as it says, in his homeland of China. And this professor takes him in. And he educates him throughout his entire childhood. And then again, he, like the thing says, he enrolls in Oxford. In the Institute of Translation. So this is like an alternative history. And... Basically, Britain has these scholars sort of create magic with these silver bars. And these work to support structures that would otherwise crumble or help with crops, 
and that sort of thing. And Robin enrolls in this school along with three other students. So Rami, Victoire, and Letty are the three other students in his class at this institute. And they all have their specialties in translation. Uh, Victoire, I believe, is Haitian, which is near and dear to my heart. Rami is Indian. And Letty is just, she's English, and she's just really good at languages. So it's the four of them enrolled in this school. They form a very close, intimate friendship um, as they're the only four in this class. And on a larger scope at Oxford, Robin, Rami, and Victoire are minorities. So they become really close-knit. They do everything together. And they're going through their classes together. And they, they deal with everything that friendship brings. Um, you know, hurt feelings, emotions, infatuations. And you sense some tension between them as time goes on. And then uh, this mysterious Hermes society pops up. So they induct Robin into their ranks, this Hermes, Hermes society. I keep saying Hermes because of the clothing brand but I'm pretty sure it's supposed to be Hermes Society. They induct Robin in, and he does little little missions here and there for them to help them undercut the British colonization that is happening in all these other lands. And he's torn between it because he knows, like all he really knows is this scholarly life and reading the books and being trained in these languages as a child, then going to Oxford and... Oxford becoming really the only family he knew with his three fellow classmates being orphaned at such a young age. And he's torn between that and wanting to help the Hermes Society sort of put an end to the British colonization and just how out of control the empire is becoming in these other lands where these students are from. So time goes on and he's doing both of these things. And also, you know, living with this dual identity. And then at some point, well, he finds that he has a connection with this Hermes society. And I'm not going to spoil that, but um, there's, a, there's a very strong connection with one of the members. And that's, that also contributes to his, Robin's mixed feelings. Again, I apologize. I'm doing this off the top of my head because I have just been procrastinating and I really want to get this book back today. So he finds out about this other connection and that changes a lot of things too. Then as time goes on, you know, the Hermes Society kind of comes and goes. It's a real secretive operation and Robin doesn't know much about it. He just sees a secret message occasionally and it tells him what to do and when to do it. And other than that, he doesn't know anything about it. Then at one point, he makes a discovery about his classmates um, and that even further changes his feelings towards his academic life at Oxford in contrast to the... Um, 
what's the word I'm looking for? Just the responsibility he feels toward helping the Hermes Society and helping the other country, the other lands and other countries that they're they're helping to protect from Britain. And then at some point during their education, they are taken on a trip abroad and they end up going to China and going to Canton, where Robin is from. And the things he sees there are really the tipping point in dealing with his two lives. So they, all the students go there. They go there with Professor Lovell and some other dignitaries, Robin, Remy, Victoire, and Letty. And stuff goes down. Um, they, see, they see what's actually being done with their scholarly pursuits with this silver work in the translation and it it changes their feelings in a lot of ways and this is really where the story picks up um now mind you i'm trying to review this off the top of my head and not give any spoilers so this is very difficult and it's going to be very rambly and i apologize but again the middle of this book this whole part and like from from Robin getting to Oxford on is it was very entertaining for me. I love the pace, I love the story, I love the characters and the development. Um, it was really just unfortunately like it was a good story sandwich. I didn't care for the bread. Um, I didn't care for the beginning, and the end was. A bit of a letdown to me. I've seen a lot of praise for this book, and I get it. Uh, I'm not saying I'm not telling anyone not to read this. I actually recommend reading it because it is fantastically written. Um, I was just slightly disappointed in the ending. But anyways, they're on the trip to Canton. This is where stuff goes down, and the whole story changes. Um, they get back to London, and they're. This is where the Hermes Society really, really gets into focus and we learn a lot more about them. And all building up to what they plan for sort of crumbling this silver work and British colonization. They're trying to bring this all down. And their big plan involves the Tower of Babel, their school, their Institute of Translation. I mean, between here and there, between here and the climax, like, R.F. Quang must be a fan of George R.R. Martin with the reckless abandon characters are, are, are dying off in this story. Um, again, no spoilers, I, like, no names or anything. And it's a lot, There, there are a lot of like secondary characters that meet their demise and it's very sudden a lot of the, a lot of times you just really don't expect it but yeah over overall i think it's a good book um they get to the tower of babel and they this is their big plan this is their big climax and it like it followed the proper like it followed the logical path for the story to end I just personally wanted something different. And that's just my humble opinion. I am no professional at this reviewing books game. As you can tell by that disjointed 
jumble of words. Um, I just expected something different. The book was so well written. The characters are very well developed. And there are some shocks. There are some, some twists I genuinely didn't see coming. And looking back now, I should have. But overall, it's a good book. I think on Twitter, I, rate, I gave it like a 4 to a 4.25 out of 5. Uh, so I did like it, and I understand the appeal to it and how well it was written. Um, there's just a few little things I would have changed or I would have appreciated done differently, um, especially the the very end. So overall, I, I highly recommend it. It's a big book, but it's a good story. And um, a quick word, the footnotes are wildly informative and entertaining. There's... Again, this is like an alternative history book. So there are footnotes like you would expect in a history book. And some of them are really interesting. Some of them are just like Chinese characters. So you know what is being talked about in the story. But some of them are really interesting. There's a whole footnote about the, the reason behind the, na- the name corned beef for that food. It was, it was very unexpected, and I really loved it. I actually made a note of that footnote. So, yes, by all means, I recommend this book. And if and when you do get it, um, read the, keep an eye on the footnotes. Read the footnotes. Some of them are very informative and interesting. And again, overall, definitely, definitely a four to a four and a quarter stars out of five for me. I don't like to generally rate things, but... I also don't like to talk to like talk bad about a book. It, usually if if I read something that I don't like, I won't even really mention it on this podcast or social media. I'll just sort of pretend it never happened. So while I'm saying there are some things I would have done differently with this book, I am also saying that it's a good book and I definitely recommend it. Go out and read it, especially if you like an alternative history type of story. Or something sort of mystical with the silver working and the magical aspect of that. If either of those things interest you, by all means, go out and read it. So that's going to wrap up this rambling of R.F. Quang's babble. Uh, again, it, I'd say it gets my recommendation. I want to say seal of approval, but that's kind of overused. I definitely recommend it. Um, and that again brings me to the end of this rambling off the top of the head hopefully spoiler free review of rf quang's babble and if you do enjoy it by all means rf quang rebecca f quang has also written the poppy war trilogy which has been nominated for many awards so go out and check those out as well thank you for listening i appreciate all of you i hope you enjoyed this double episode because at the beginning of this episode, I believe I put in the graphic novel Wakanda Forever, written by one of my new favorites who you've probably heard me talk about, Nadi Okorafor. So I hope you enjoyed this episode. Feel free to find me on social media. Any social media is Sense of Shelf Pod. That's Instagram, Twitter, TikTok. That's also my Gmail. Uh, senseofshelfpod at gmail.com if you want to email me and two other random social medias who I don't even think I've posted on because I haven't figured them out Uh, Mastodon and Hive 
I haven't touched them in so long. They're not, the apps aren't even on my phone anymore. But I did get those names. The, I think the only one I don't have is Facebook. But anything else, you can find me, Sense of Shelf Pod. You can support me by interacting, following, subscribing, all of those things, retweeting. I love interacting. On t- Twitter is my favorite one to use. I do like uh, Instagram as well. So find me on any of those. You can also support me monetarily by going to my Buy Me a Coffee or my Kofi pages, K-O hyphen F-I. Both of those are also Sense of Shelf Pod. You can donate, tip, subscribe, commission. You can, you can commission or donate and force me to read a book that you want me to read and babble on about. Nah, <laughs> babble. So by all means, you can do those as well. Also, support any independent podcasts by doing the same things. Their social medias, their buy me a coffees. Uh, it, we always appreciate it. It's such an interesting, diverse, and uh, supportive community that I have found on Twitter. Um, by found, I mean I stumbled upon. It was already there, and I was lucky enough to join it. To recommend someone... I'm going to throw a recommendation to review it yourself. I appeared on his show. We talked about the documentary Blackfish. That's uh, my good friend Sean at Review It Yourself Podcast. Find him on Twitter and Instagram and give him some support. He has a great show. He always has a guest on talking about different movies that they want to watch or that he wants to watch. And uh, it's, a, it's always a fun conversation. So go support Sean at Review It Yourself Podcast. I think that's going to be it for my rambling. I have a lot of editing to do for this one. As usual, stay safe, read a book, and God bless. Thank you.